0: Everybody. welcome to Enquadro. I'm uh, going to try something different. I'm going to upload episodes uh, for the gospel reading for the following day, you know, rather than uh, do it uh, on the day itself, uh, so that this way, you know, those of us who go to mass uh, the following day will already have an idea of what the, what the gospel reading is going to be. Uh, for Mass. So, uh, this is uh, the gospel for uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, in the first week of Ordinary Time. Um, COVID-wise, you guys know I've been dealing with my second bout with, uh, with COVID. Uh, I'm feeling a little better than yesterday, so, you know, the vaccines work, obviously, and I'm really grateful for all the prayers uh, uh, I'm sure this is going to pass. And, you know, we put all things in, in the Lord's hands. Let's begin with the prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope whether it's darkness, light, and whether sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek, not so much to be consoled, but to console, not so much to be understood, but to understand, not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. The Gospel reading for today is taken from St. Mark, chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Jesus went out along the sea, and all the crowd came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at a customs post. Jesus said to him, Follow me, and he got up and followed Jesus. When he was at table in his house, Many tax collectors and sinners sat with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Some scribes who were Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with sinners, and tax collectors, and said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and said to them, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This much we can say, about the compassion mercy forgiveness and welcome that jesus showed for sinners like levi or matthew as we as we know him it's always tax collectors and sinners when these folks are referred to in the gospels today though i'd like us to focus just a little bit more on the man whom jesus called to follow him the tax collector levi or matthew you know there's a certain recklessness to the man isn't there now this was a man who was well off well connected he may not have been well respected or well liked in fact he was well hated by most of his countrymen's tax collectors were but what did that matter he had everything he needed so what if they had nothing but scorn and derision for him he was all set and he was also pretty smart I'm pretty sure he was good at numbers he was surely good at money. So, uh, what gives, you know, what's going on here? You know, a number of years ago, I had a student, you know, a young seminarian who came from a very good family. He had pretty much everything he could want and need to be comfortable in life. He had a terrific personality and is very, very well liked by everybody. You know, by his professors and his classmates. He was smart, he had excellent rapport with people, and he was very hardworking. And his professors were certain he would only make a great priest someday, but that he'd be going places. You know, true enough, uh, before he finished the first stage of his studies in seminary, his bishop decided to send him for further studies abroad. Um, he spoke to me about it with a good amount of excitement and asked if I could write him a letter of recommendation, which I did. I mean, since he knew that I had the same experience as a seminarian, uh, he would drop by the office from time to time wanting to talk to me about how my experience was, you know, years ago, when I was a seminarian. Uh, As the months progressed, though, and the time for his graduation and his departure neared, I, I noticed Something changed, you know. He didn't seem as excited anymore. He was looking forward to new experiences, yes, but but something, something definitely had changed in our conversations. Um, a few days before graduation, and this was very early in the in the morning. There was a, there was a knock on my door, Um it was it was before morning prayer, so I I'm pretty sure. If I remember correctly. It was It was pretty early. It was quite early, so I opened my door and it was him, you know. So I was really surprised that he was, you know, he was out there waiting for you know that that early in the morning. So I said, "What's going on?" He says, "Well, uh, can, do you have a minute? Can we talk?" He says, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, come in." Um, and then he says to me, uh, "I decided I don't want to go, Father." Oh, okay. I said, "You know, well." What made you change your mind? Well, he explained that while he wanted to obey his bishop, he said he just felt strongly and believed deeply, you know, uh, that uh, he wanted to be a simple parish priest. That's what he said. He says, I, I, I just want to be a simple parish priest. I you know, uh and I I, I think that uh this is going to complicate uh my life and and that simple desire that led me to the to to the seminary um, and then he says, "I hope you're not disappointed, father." I said, well, why would I be disappointed? You know you're following your heart. God bless you. you know today he's a he's a happily ordained priest you know who loves his parishioners and who is well loved by them. Still the same smart, likable, you know, guy with a great personality, you know. Uh, he said no to the possibility of, you know, further studies, if you will. But he's loving the life that he chose. And I'm pretty, pretty sure the Lord chose for him, you know. A few years before that, I I had another student, this time was a university student. He wasn't a seminarian, and his parents were French, but they lived in the United States. Uh, He was quite attentive in class, especially on uh, my class in social justice. And one time I learned that during spring break, instead of partying with, with friends, you know, our classmates, he'd spend his vacation helping build houses for the poor in South America i learned about it because one time uh this was right before spring break he asked if i could write a letter of recommendation for him he says he was going to spend you know the two weeks uh, building houses Um, and then right before graduation he dropped by my office to say goodbye and to ask for another letter you know this time a recommendation so that he could go to india to do missionary work with the community of mother Teresa. When he asked how long he was going to stay there, and you know what his plans were, he was graduating, he was a young man, so I was thinking you know he had plans to to work and raise a fa- have a family you know uh he just said that uh he wanted to help the poor first, and he really wasn't quite sure what would come next and he stayed there for several years doing missionary work, and from time to time i'd get a I get an email from him telling telling me. You know, how how happy he was with the work that he was doing. You know, among all those who follow Jesus, Matthew had the most to lose, you know? Peter and Andrew, James and John, they, they were fishermen. If things didn't work out with them following Jesus, they could easily go back to their old trade, you know? There was always fish to catch. The other disciples were pretty much the same, you know? Had this gamble that this risk that they took with this young rabbi fallen through, they could just go back to their old lives and resume what they were doing before they followed Jesus, not Levi though you know he burned all his bridges completely, you know with one action in one moment of time, by one swift decision of his, he had put himself out of his job. Forever, you know, for having left his tax collector's job, there was no way he was going to get it back if things didn't work out with Jesus. You know, it takes a big person to make a big decision like that. And yet sometime in every life, you know, in our lives, there comes that moment when we have to decide and when well, there's no looking back a few years ago i showed this film to my students it, it was a sci-fi flick about about two brothers who lived in the uh, distant future when human beings were already genetically engineered so that all possible illnesses and physical weaknesses were already weeded out at the moment they were conceived you know the elder brother was genetically engineered uh, to be perfect you know, in every way, physically and mentally, you know. Uh, But the parents, their parents, wanted to conceive their second son naturally. So instead of going through the scientifically recommended process, uh, the younger brother was conceived the natural way. The problem was, this guaranteed that he would not be as strong and illness-free as his older brother. So he was born with with a weak heart. You know, the, the brothers were very competitive, though, and their favorite competition was to swim out into the ocean as far as they could go. And then, you know, when they started getting tired, they, they'd they swim back. Well, one time, uh, the brothers decided, after they had an argument, you know, wanting to prove who was the better brother, I guess. And so one time, they decided they would do something that they've never done before, which is to just keep swimming until... They just couldn't swim anymore. If only to see uh, who would last. So they did. One night, they went out to the beach, which wasn't that far from where they lived, and jumped into the ocean and just kept swimming. At one point, you know, the elder brother says to the younger one, I, I can't go on. We have to go back. No. The younger one said, we keep going. And so they they swam some more. At some point, though, the the elder brother could do it no longer. And so he started to swim back to the shore. And the younger brother had no other choice but to follow. At some point, though, uh, the older brother started to sink. uh, No longer able to swim because he was just exhausted you know, from what turned out to be quite the impossible bit. So the younger brother, seeing his older brother lose consciousness and begin sinking beneath the waves, swam towards him and saved him and brought him safely to shore. And so the two of them lay there on the beach for some time, you know, as the younger brother uh, waited for his older brother to to come too. And when he did, you know, uh the older brother looks at his younger brother and says to him How'd you do it? Do what? The younger brother asked. How'd you beat me? You're the one with a weak heart. I'm genetically engineered to beat you in every single way. It's it's not possible. So how'd you do it? What's your secret? The younger brother said, I never prepared for the swim back. What? The older brother asked, What do you mean? I never prepared for the swim back. Matthew never prepared for the swim back. He placed all his bits in Jesus. He never made provisions just in case his following of Jesus didn't work. Or if the entire enterprise this young rabbi was starting failed. No, no, there was no calculation in Matthew. He just went all in. The possibility that Jesus might fail did not even cross his mind. And neither did the possibility that his joining Jesus' band of disciples might turn out to be something disappointing. Or if the thought did in fact cross his mind, In no way did it figure into his decision to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. Matthew made no preparation for the swim back. For many, it isn't only following Jesus. that involves a lot of calculations. A lot of making sure that just in case it doesn't work, then I got something to fall back on. Matthew had nothing to fall back on. Nothing but Jesus himself. What's true of following Jesus is true of life. There's something to be said about taking manageable and calculated risks. We shouldn't simply throw all caution to the wind. But when it comes to the most important things in life, like love, serving others, care, compassion, kindness, justice, and fairness, generosity, and a host of other things that make life truly worthwhile, those who calculate, those who are constantly making provisions for the swim back, they never really get to taste what it means to put their all into something and to risk all in order to achieve it. Matthew, the tax collector, Follow Jesus out into the deep. There goes one of those motorcycles. He followed Jesus out into the deep. And he made no provision for the swim back. Yet he gained everything back because of it. And more. In fact, in giving up everything to follow Jesus, he lost nothing and gained everything. You know, there's lines in St. Augustine's confessions that I always love to repeat to myself when I feel like calculating and making provisions for the swim back. When fear, worry, and anxiety begin to creep into my heart, my mind, and my soul. Cast yourself upon the Lord and do not fear, St. Augustine says. He will not withdraw himself lest you fall. Make that leap without anxiety. He will catch you. Let me repeat that. Cast yourself upon the Lord and do not fear. He will not withdraw himself lest you fall. Make that leap without anxiety. Because He will catch you.